You sisters know that my skin has been glowing lately, and I'm here to tell you my secret. Oak Essentials. You've heard us talk about their line of luxurious products before, and we're so excited to have them as a sponsor of OK Sister Podcast because now you can join in on the glowy goodness. You know Oak Essentials is legit because it was created by none other than our favorite brand ever, Jenny Kane. Oak Essentials is known for its simple approach to self-care with a lineup of foundational skincare staples made with high-quality ingredients that drive results. It aims to unlock healthy, glowing skin with decadent and hydrating ingredients that give you a luxe, dewy glow. I won't shut up about the Moisture Rich Balm. It's a nutrient-rich balm that supports collagen production and delivers serious hydration for a luminous glow. And a luminous glow indeed. The way my skin feels like butter after applying this balm. This balm will make you never want to wear makeup again. And you can apply generously during your night routine to lock in moisture as you dream. It's the definition of beauty sleep. Treat yourself or someone else this season. You sisters will get 15% off and a free organic honey-based restorative mask with their first order. Oh my God, what a deal. When you use code OKSIS15 at checkout. That's right. 15% off plus a gift with your first order at O-A-K-E-S-S-E-N-T-I-A-L-S.com. Promo code OKSIS15, OKAYSIS15. Go ahead and treat yourself. From luxurious skincare to meaningful self care, you deserve it. Welcome to OKSIS. We are two cultural observers and curious minds who happen to be related. I am Scout. And I'm Maddie. Get ready for some serious sororal energy as we chat about and comment on one another's current fixation of the week. OKSIS! Sister, sister, never knew how much I missed you. Is that really the words? I think so. We should look it up one day. Sister, sister. Should we make a music video to that <laughs> song? Can we do that? Never knew how much. We'll probably have to pay royalties. Okay, well, I'm prepared. Oh, okay. I'm D. Wouldn't that be amazing? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like we, we would go viral. <laughs> no? Okay, fine. People would make fun of us. Well, duh. Yeah. I think yeah. they already do. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, hello. Welcome, sisters. Welcome back to OK Sis. We have a great episode for you today. <laughs> we interviewed Austin Siegel. Oh, yes. She re- we, we got really into kind of where she's an abstract painter, fine art painter, mm-hmm. and um, she has struggled with dyslexia her whole life, which has really actually led her to the arts. Mm-hmm. And she goes into the most beautiful story and heartbreaking story yeah. of growing up with dyslexia, how that made her feel in relation to the other peers in her class. And how that has fueled her art up till today. I mean, I had like tears in my eyes just listening to her recount her experiences. Yeah, the whole interview was pretty, it was like a roller coaster. It was a lot of different stories and emotions and... um, It was silly, but it was also, you know, because she's pretty silly and... You know, doesn't she really is. take herself that seriously, yeah. which I love about her. But then she, she also, also has depth to her. Absolutely, um, she's one. Of, she is like basically my favorite artist, and she also doubles as one of my best friends. But mm-hmm. um, her art has spoken to me numerous times on many levels. That's why I always love to support her because she's true talent. Yeah, and she also has uh, she painted something for our mom. So 
I see the we I see the eyes hanging up in her living room because yeah. she stays here. She stays at my mom's house when she comes to LA. So she painted them a beautiful painting. Yeah, you'll 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 hear all about that. How she steals my chicken sausages. Oh yeah. <laughs> God damn it, Austin! Steal my chicken sausages. <laughs> okay, what's the word of the week? The word Scout? of the week. Hit us up. Hit tell us up me, with the word of the week. Tell me if I'm pronouncing this right. Sanguine. 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 We just we just did like the. Pronunciation. Pronunciation. <laughs> and we already forgot. It. And we already forgot. Wait, um, I think it, I think the, the the emphasis was on the first syllable. Why don't you play it? Just play it. No, because then my computer is going to turn okay. on. Sanguine. Sanguine, and it means optimistic or positive, especially in an apparently bad or difficult situation, which I think rings super true to this episode. Yeah, yeah. Her, she turned a painful experience and a painful attribute of hers into something so beautiful, and found the positivity within it. And um, she's she's rad, guys. And she called us. Which sisters did she call us? Oh my God, Austin called. Scout and I, the Foster sisters. Which I did not know who they were, but now I do. Scout is just like not in tune with pop culture, I've realized. Yes, I am. I feel like every reference I say, you never know what I'm talking about. Well, maybe I'm not as into it as you are, but I am definitely up to speed with pop culture. Dad sent me a link today that said said Amy Schumer is pregnant, and I didn't know. And I said, oh, wow. And he said, wow, the one thing that I knew that before you did. Yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah, that was good. Um, yeah, so yeah, so Austin said that Scout and I are like the Foster sisters, which is, I mean, completely untrue because they are just on a completely different plane. Okay, but of we can life. aspire. Of course, we can aspire. They are, uh, they are my idols. They are. So this Gorgina. was a major compliment. Oh yes, this was a giant compliment. They are very accomplished, very beautiful. They have cute sisterly banter. Very cute sisterly banter, and I think it there is a a similarity in the banter. That's for sure between us and them, um, which is just a really great compliment, and yeah, something we aspire to. So, oh, thank you, Austin, for making my life with that with that comparison. Okay, so enjoy the episode, everybody. Enjoy. Ever since having a baby, I've been extremely conscious about what I spend my money on and which products I use. And clothing is no different. I want my wardrobe to be sustainable, good quality, and timeless. You have to be talking about Whimsy and Row, right? Whimsy and Row is an LA grown, eco conscious brand born out of the love for cute, comfy, and classic styles. Every piece is made by women for women. Quality goods, local production, natural and organic fabrics. Yes, please give me all the linens. Just like OK Sister, Whimsy and Row is based on the idea that women are multidimensional. There's a balance of flirty feminine and minimal masculine in all of our wardrobes, and Whimsy and Row means exactly that. From special occasions to everyday effortless styles, their clothing is meant to mix and match and wear on repeat. I have been wearing their Kira pant in black linen probably three times a week. Sisters, if you've been listening to this podcast or following me on Instagram, you know that Whimsy and Rose Kira Pant in Black Linen is a sisterhood staple at this point. Founder Rachel Temko created the brand back in 2014 because she wanted to create an approachable and inclusive brand that cared for the people and the planet first. 
Get the full Whimsy experience IRL at their Venice location or shop online at whimsyandrow.com. Their store in Venice is so cute. I can attest. And if you're in LA, I highly recommend stopping by. They are always putting on these amazing community events. They just launched their spring summer collection and we will be living in it all summer long. Visit their website, whimsyandrow.com. That's W-H-I-M-S-Y-A-N-D-R-O-W.com and use code OKSISTER for 15% off. Sisters, my goal these days is to always look put together when I leave the house. Nothing over the top or super dressed up or anything like that. I just want to look put together and feel good about what I'm wearing in an effortless yet refined way. When I look at my closet every single morning and think about what I can wear that is chic and intentional, I usually end up grabbing one of my Jenny Kane sweaters and I always end up loving the way I look and the way I feel in them. You all know, sisters, that when I envision my highest self, I am wearing Jenny Kane. Their sweaters are the quintessential must-have item. I cannot stop wearing my Marina set. I throw it on and immediately feel like I'm in a Nancy Myers movie, like I could just walk on the beach in Santa Barbara. It is the coastal grandma aesthetic. My favorite Jenny Kane sweater right now is their everyday sweater in taupe. This is the definition of a staple that every woman must have in their wardrobe. Sisters, trust me on this one. I wear it with leggings, oversized jeans and a little kitten heel or a silk maxi skirt. Legit, Mads and I are so obsessed with wearing our Johnny Kane sweaters that we've literally shown up both wearing the same sweater once. The white alpaca cocoon crew neck, which is this deliciously oversized sweater. Yeah, that moment takes the cake. Both of us walking in with our matching Jenny Kane sweaters. We're obsessed. Can't take them off. Wearing them every day. The type of staples that save your outfit. That is what I love about their entire collection. It is truly the art of simplicity. They focus on comfort, quality, and timeless design. So you can curate a wardrobe that never goes out of style. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code OKSIS at checkout. That's 15% off your first order, J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code OKSIS. O-K-A-Y-S-I-S. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Austin Siegel is a San Diego-based abstract artist who creates utilizing an ever-changing diversity of mediums, including painting, sculpture, and mixed media. Austin graduated from the Academy of Art in San Francisco, where she got her degree in fine art sculpture with an emphasis on the abstract. Her breadth of work has been showcased as large-scale murals, private commissions, architectural accent pieces, and displayed in galleries such as Soze Gallery, ACD Gallery, and Bread and Salt Gallery. In addition, Austin's work was on exhibit at Scope New York 2015, and she served as the 2015 Launchpad Artist at Art San Diego. This year, she'll be working on her new studio located in North Park and was in Cabo Del Mar. The chaotic abundance of detail in her work lends itself to the theory of emotional abstract art. Her work is an eerie diary of love and intricate turmoil, breathing the abstract spectrum of human emotion. So without further ado, Austin Siegel. Hi. Ah! (laughs) Wow, that was an insane (laughs) intro. That's because she's amazing. I could never keep a straight face while reading all of that. 
Is the breadth of abstract <laughs> work. Okay, are you making fun of me? No! <laughs> for people that don't know this, I cannot read or write very well, so Scout pretty much makes sure all of these things make sense. Oh my god. That bio <laughs> sounded like you, Scout. Because Thanks. she perfectly <laughs> describes me as a human that I cannot do verbally. That is a skill. That is a talent. Thanks. Our, our, dear, our dear Scout has. I took a lot of time with this bio. She did, and we've rewritten it so many times throughout the years. Uh, that's actually very true. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're going to get into all of that, um, but let's do a round of current fixations. Okay, I'm going to go first. Okay. Okay. Okay, so my current fixation this week is Meadowlark Jewelry. I don't actually own any pieces by them, but they are so amazing. They were the inspiration behind my engagement ring. So I have a hexagon halo engagement ring, and they were one of the first jewelry designers to present a hexagon halo wedding ring. But the one carat diamond was $20,000, which is like the biggest ripoff I've ever heard in my entire life. A little bit. So I had my local jeweler like recreated essentially for me. Um, but their stuff is so striking. It's got a little bit of punk into it. They use a lot of metals. Um, Mom would love them. Is it only engagement rings? No, it's full on jewelry. Oh. What's the aesthetic? Is it like delicate? I don't no, know. No, it's not delicate. It's industrial. With oh, a yeah. Head Babe would definitely be all over that. a little bit of punk in there, but also very romantic and whimsical. But they're very edgy. Mm. I miss Heather. Yeah. <laughs> Head Babe. Yeah, that sounds like you and Head Babe to yeah. the T. To the T. I am like delicate, dainty, gold, thinner the better. Like No, that's not metal It's the opposite arc. voices versus the opposite jewelry. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're way louder than me. <laughs> I know. I know. No, don't get loud now. <laughs> she keeps me in check. Yeah. So seriously, if you guys have a chance, check them out on Instagram. Their feed is beautiful and everything they create is just magic. Fab. Okay. So my current fixation is this artist, Sarah Baba. So she's a Palestinian Australian raised artist who tends to portray like imperfect relationships and the experiences of oversaturated intense feelings through the eyes of a strong female protagonist um, and she captures the paradox of wanting intimacy but also like craving isolation and seclusion and how that kind of operates in our millennial world today as well but what I admire most about her is that she's trying to break the stigma of uh, the fact that female emotion is like an impediment oh, to us. Yeah. Um, so like through her storytelling, she's able to control that taboo and liberate it through her images. So I'm sure you've seen stuff of hers on Instagram. What she does is a series of images with subtitle like captions at the very bottom. And it, just captures the protagonist's inner dialogue. Um, and so it mimics like a movie and she posts one image a day throughout the series of, um, of that one series and so the story unfolds as the days go Wait, on are they photography yeah it's photography I've seen her. She's yeah we un- posted one on okay sis she's unbelievable she's my favorite artist right now or besides austin over here <laughs> but no i think just like the why i really uh, resonate towards her is that she is able to take instagram as its medium for what it is and she really like kind of manipulated it and 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 made it and molded it to her advantage where she posts one a day she uses and it, it as a portfolio exactly and it's 
and it's like she really curated as well yeah like she thought she looked at a movie with subtitles and she's like why can't i do that on instagram like why can't i Mm -hmm. make this my medium for and and reach many more people yeah. people are starting to copy her too oh no yeah I, she so she like barbara kruger <laughs> yeah exactly yeah exactly. literally she was like if i had a yeah. penny she posts on her instagram where she's like if i had a penny for the amount of times people repost my my shit and don't like no, give people, me credit or like just don't yeah. ju- or copy it straight out because no people are straight up copying it they'll put like the yellow subtitle exactly at the yeah and it's just oh my god the the subtitles that she and it's all her biggest like, form her of writings. flattery but most fucked up most yeah, fucked exactly. up like no one gives her credit it's so sad but um i think now she's really she, before she didn't really say her name or she her, her face was never at the forefront of her brand but i think now she's doing more speaking engagements and things because she wants to have that recognition and she's also just realizing oh, okay people want to know the person behind all of these like thoughts and artistries and like before she just didn't want that she should be as famous as rupee Kaur, in my opinion she's i mean i think she is like she's rupee Kaur has like two million followers on instagram yeah yeah, I don't know. That's crazy. But but she's really big. Yeah. Um, no, but I just oh god, I love I love looking at the series, her? Instagram. Yeah. I'm I, literally these photos are everywhere, and I was like, what? Who's this artist that has all these like crazy? And the subtitles are so great. And then they have it's like in, it's her inner dialogue, but then also like stage direction where they'll be like drinking a glass of wine and says like analyzing red wine thoughts. Like just so good. You know what I mean? So Ugh. she's a poet and an artist. Yes. It's, it's so good. Everyone. Um, she's go like check you her and out. me in one I was going to say, it kind of sounds like if you just yeah. put us together and oh, then uh, added a photographer. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yes. It would, you guys, you need to read, read the, okay, the series. I'm stalk things. her. Dude. Yes. Okay. For Your people, turn. for people that don't know, uh, Scout and my relationship, we're basically each other's halves. Mm-hmm. And if you put us as a whole, it it would explode, and like, the whole world would be like, "We can't, we can't have this. We it's can't too much of one person." We no. we have such a cute little love story too. <laughs> how we met, maybe we can get into that later. Possibly, it's long, but it's damn good. It's really good. Okay, so now I'm talking about my obsession. Yes, yes. you are. So this is pretty generic, but um, I haven't had a television or like really watched TV since I moved to San Francisco when I was about 19. I just like once Damn. I go into it. I will not leave that television, and I know that about myself. So to be able to work at night, I would always keep all technology away, only use candles to draw music, and that's basically it. Now I got sick in the last month and had to spend a lot of time in bed because of this flu that's going around, and I have this massive projector that goes 120 feet wide to go do, like, murals and work. Mm. And I was like, wait a second. (laughs) This is what people use for television. And so I installed it above my bed, and it goes about 15 feet wide on my blinds because I have floor-to-ceiling blinds that are all white. And I've had this new obsession with watching all these documentaries on Netflix. Mm. And, like, there was a couple random ones on, like, fashion, and then they went, like, deep into, like, architecture and, like, brutalism and all these different things. And as I said before, I'm not really – can't really read, can't really, like, do a book thing unless it's, like, pictures and that. So by – me watching these things it's I'm able to learn so much more mm. and it's like I don't know it's just been really stimulating and really made me question a lot of things about like where I'm moving forward and like what I'm doing with my life and actually mm-hmm. like how I can start making more of the art that I'm doing influential and less like hey I painted this painting yay totally like how, 
I've always had stories behind them, but now I just really want to like take it to a whole different level. So that's been my last month. Isn't it cool that TV and not just, I mean, you're watching documentaries, but you know, you kind of rid yourself of TV because you thought it might be unproductive, but look how productive it made. I mean, you sit and you watch Grey's Anatomy. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah, It's pretty dark. (laughs) Yeah, but it's just like, I don't know, TV today and the types of content that you can find. So, yeah, Yeah. stimulating, as you said, and also just like inspiring and motivational. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I love that. I think television has drastically changed since we were younger like oh we yeah we would just be like it's not just entertainment no it's not it's like yeah. a lot of like learning and just like chef's table and all that mm, stuff chef's like, table like, chef's like, places table. that you would never be able to actually like enter into mm-hmm. like some rural place in scotland mm-hmm. where you get to learn about all the different sheep i mean that's so much fun <laughs> for me and it's just these random little things and then like I mean, it's kind of like you don't even feel guilty anymore for watching television because you really are learning so much more. Mm-hmm. And I watched this whole thing on like human nature. And then there was this one crazy TED talk about this woman that was describing mm-hmm. who actually lives in La Jolla. She's beyond intelligent, describing how about like back in the day, people didn't get lost half as much because they mm-hmm. would use like north, south, east, west versus right and left. Mm. and so they were so much better at getting around than like us now that are like it's like gps and everything my phone tells me to go right but hold on i can't go right i'm so lost wait that left so Mm. i i don't know it's been really interesting and i love my projector you need to give me a list of documentaries to watch i will i've saved them all and i've written notes on them okay will you be able to read the notes probably not but i'll watch all of them (laughs) Okay, so I kind of want to just jump in here real quick and talk a little bit more about why it is you can't read and how that's impacted your art career. So um, when I was younger, I want to say it was like preschool, kindergarten, the teacher started to notice that like I wasn't picking up being able to like spell and to like do things like all the rest of the kids. And my mom started researching all these things, couldn't figure it out. Like, why can't she put this together? Why can't this happen? Went to a bunch of different tutors. And in first grade, I somehow managed to get 100% on one of the spelling tests. By the way, that I'd never gotten one word right ever unless it was like two. And I had taught myself how to cheat that early in first grade. And I think I ended up sneaking one of the tests and I posted it on a wall that nobody could see, but I have perfect vision. So I wrote oh. all of it down. Oh That's I incredible. Get, I get 100% in kindergarten. My teacher was named Miss Stahl. And I remember she called in my mom and she's like, all right. So we know that she's not stupid because she's learned how to cheat in kindergarten or first grade kindergarten, one of those. And so her sister was actually dyslexic and she was like, she's so- showing a lot of signs that are very similar to this. And like, super intelligent just learns completely different and so I was at Francis Parker at that time and well they don't like you if you don't have a 5.0 and no problem so Uh I was their worst child Um, and we went and we started going to all these tutors and like you're that young and you don't understand why like you're so different than everyone else that it starts to like kind of eat away at you and like really kind of like fuck with you especially being that young and just in a society where men are like, eh, we're perfect, meh, meh, meh. we're at a private day school. But so um, that kind of happened. And then my mom threw herself like completely into this and started researching everything. We went to all these different places. I went to something, 
going to call it? It was like Fast Road or something at the Children's Hospital every morning in third grade for an hour to go do tests and studies. That's when it all kind of really fucked me up because I was missing first hour or two of school every day. So now I don't have recess. Now I'm going to tutoring after. So school became what I hated and I was miserable in it. And every year was just like this fighting, fighting thing of like, we just have to make it to the next grade. Come on, we can do this. And so it was a lot, it was a lot of work for me and my mom. And I think I went into a very dark, dark time of just fuck everything. The world sucks. I'm never going to get through this. Like I'm always going to be so different. And my parents conveniently when I was very young always supported me doing art. And that was always got A's in art, like killed it in art. Mm -hmm. And so um, there were a couple tutors that kind of just started like having me draw while they would read to me and then tried to like just change different ways Mm -hmm. and figure out how it worked. And then um, went to La Jolla. It was horrible there. And then uh, ended up at the Jewish Academy where they kept having me do IQ tests because I had done them a few times before, but nobody believed it was my IQ. They were like, no, no, this can't be. She can't have this high of an IQ. I don't actually know what it is. Wendy would know. But it's like I had the lowest grade point average at the Jewish Academy, and I had one of the highest IQs. So these teachers are looking at me like, what is going on? Mm-hmm. And then I remember Mr. Wood, He, um, him and Mrs. McKinstry were the first two people like, hey, turn in a painting, listen to the book on tape, and turn in a painting. And it was like right at the cusp where my whole life changed because it was being able to be accepted doing this art and not having to like be like the rest of everyone. And so the day that it really, really changed was when I was sitting in the bedroom with my dad and my dad looks at me and he goes, you have any idea how fucking talented you are? Mm. You have more talent in your goddamn pinky than everyone I've ever met. And you can just do this stuff. You don't need to care about anything else. That's what Mm -hmm. people pay people to do. Focus on the art. So I went to art school and it was like, I became an actual person again. I was in studio from like eight o'clock in the morning, eight o'clock at night. I had the most amazing classes, printmaking, sculpture. It was just like, it was like I finally got to become a person. And so if I hadn't have had to struggle that much and appreciate what I get to do, I don't think it would make me as good of an artist. Mm. I have never heard you tell that story like that. I really don't a lot, but I've been sick and I'm very emotional <laughs> lately. So I feel like... That but like so this, <laughs> this reminds me so much of what you kind of went through, Scout. Like, you know, traditional academic structures bullshit is not for everyone it's not for me either. and it's really really hard and it's 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 hard because you you worked tirelessly to over, try to fit, fit that mold and people just accept that yeah. archetype that type of person as quote-unquote smart as quote-unquote accepted as what you should be whereas no there learning is a spectrum it's a variety it comes in every shape and different size and like bravo to those two teachers that were like okay we're gonna i'm gonna teach you in the way that you understand like most as the teachers up until that point were just didn't do that for you and it's like you could really tell at the jewish academy like the teachers genuinely cared cared about your i mean we're still friends with your teachers yeah yeah no i mean that's 
that's really inspiring. And the fact that once you were given permission I was to in fully I was fall. Happy again. Yeah. And oh. I remember my mom just being like, you were so miserable that when I grounded you, you were happy and yeah. relieved because <laughs> you got to stay home and paint. To, yeah. She was like, you didn't yeah. want to go and party. You just yeah. like, you didn't have anything else to do. And so when I grounded you for a month, you'd be like, just like paint everywhere yeah. on the floor. I remember the first time <laughs> I saw your art. So um, Austin and I went to high school together, but we were not friends in high school. No. Like at all on any sort of level. <laughs> and we had an altercation, which we don't need to go into right Never now. again. But um, oh, I, I ended up <laughs> I ended up at her house. I Her dad answered the the door and I was like I need to see Austin and he was like oh she's in her room (laughs) so I walked over to her room and there was this long hallway you had to walk through before you got to her room and it was just lined with her art and I had the most emotional moment I just stood there and stared at every single piece for over 15 minutes by myself in this hallway I was I was in bed snoring, by the way. She was sleeping in bed. (laughs) And when I woke her up, she was quite confused. Um, But it was like, I remember texting all my friends being like, did you know that Austin did art? Like, and have you seen it? Because it's, it's your, your work's emotional. There's a very emotional aspect to your work. Like, let's just jump into what inspires you. Well, no, let's, well, let's first jump into, I know this is a podcast you're only listening, listening, but give us a background of the aesthetic of what the art yeah. looks like, what shape it takes just so people can have some sort of visual. visual. Um, so my dad's an architect and growing up, we were surrounded by architecture. When we would go on vacations to Europe, we would go and look at architecture museums. We weren't like the let's go to Cabo or let's do this or that. Mm-hmm. And so I grew up with a big background of that. Like my dad would do plans on the dining room table with my brother, who's now an architect as well. And my mom and we all had an input into it. So background and pretty much interior design, architecture, just from being immersed in it. And then um, my grandmother was an artist, too. So she did abstract painting and sculpture. And if you look at her stuff, her stuff's kind of like the happier version of my stuff, (laughs) look-wise. But she was probably more miserable than I was. Mm. Um, We are very similar peas in the pod. But so... It's it's abstract oils, bronze castings. I would go somewhere like Rothko-esque. Not really, but like that same feel of like the textures and the colors. You use the same uh, like square-like line abilities yeah. that like Cezanne used exactly. in his stuff. Yeah, so I use, um, usually use palette knives or like really beat up brushes. Like I want that not gritty feel. Like I want that just like texture where like – you can't tell what level it was actually painted. Like, Mm. you can't tell if I took 40 years to paint it or if I took one minute. Like, Mm. I I want that feel. And then the drawings, the drawings were actually, they came from everyone being able, well, I always did doodles, but, like, from watching people have diaries when I was younger. Mm. And I could never have a diary because I couldn't write. Mm. So, like, I had no way to, like, have a diary. So then... When I get really upset, I just like, you. oh my God, it's really sad. If you read some of the times I like tried to write in a diary when I was like in elementary school, I'd be like, what the fuck are any of these words? <laughs> <laughs> like, this doesn't even make sense. It's really pretty looking, mm. but like, no. And so those that's actually how the love letters kind of came to be. Mm. 
-hmm. is there my own form of like what would happen every day and that's why it's illegible because be spelled wrong anyways so like let's make it pretty Mm -hmm. but so um kind of all across the board like anything that you give me I will try out acrylic glass I just started working on a lot of glass um threw myself into my first 60 foot by 30 foot mural on a whim I mean nothing is too big or too crazy until you try it and then you fuck up and then you're like well not gonna try that again (laughs) so what does inspire you so what human interaction hands down no questions me sitting here and having a conversation or like seeing like how your eye twitches or like the way you sit or like just like your story or like sitting next to a random human at a dinner and talking to him and like learning their background and how like things affect them like I can go into a museum and see artwork and be like, wow, that's beautiful. But in no way, shape, or form does that make me connect to anything. Mm -hmm. If I hear the story about the artist, that's what's much more inspirational to me. So, like, I feed off of people. And I feed off the people that are the most important to me and, like, that surround me. So, like, you can literally tell when I get in a fight with a guy that I'm dating. You're like, whoo, stay away from you for a while. That painting is terrifying. Oh, my God. (laughs) But so, I mean, it's just kind of that. It's like seeing just the way that people build things. And like I'll sit next to like a scientist and just like listen to the way that their brains work. And I'm just like, holy shit. And they'll describe things. And then I'll see it weirdly in my head. And you can kind of like pinpoint when I met certain people in my life. Yeah. One of my most favorite pieces from you is the one that my husband's parents have. Yeah. And that came out of a pretty tumultuous time. Oh, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it's one of my favorites. It's so beautiful. You should see it, Mads. Is yeah. it in their house? Yeah, yeah, it's in Mona and David's house. What was the inspiration behind the one that's in my mom's? Oh, that... I can't talk about that one. Oh. <laughs> Whoa! Your parents, uh, Stephen and Heather, know that story, but I don't think that's appropriate for this uh, podcast yet. Oh! We'll do that <gasps> round two. Oh, my God! I mean, are you sure? Now I really want to know! <laughs> um... <laughs> I mean, our listeners. What are you? Wait, whoa. it's it's like it's like a hopeless. Sorry, mom. Hopeless sexual interaction that I thought that I'd never had, and then it like came out of this crazy woodworks of just like, holy shit, this is amazing. Like this person's incredible and so inspiring, and like there's that connection that I didn't think was there, but it clearly was, mm-hmm. and it was just like eye opening. And then the next morning, they're like both like what happened to you? I was like, Oh, so it was a sexual encounter you had. Yes. Oh, I thought you meant. I just can't like say who it was with or like any of those things. We're just going to keep that vague. We'll keep it vague. Yes, vague. But no, that one's a good one. Oh. So Austin stays at our mom's house when she goes up to LA. They call her her adopted child. They will never get rid of me. No, they're they literally. I think like you yeah. more than they like me at this she, point. She eats all the chicken sausages I do. and Maddie then drinks really all upset. the wine. <laughs> <laughs> I wake up the next day wanting my chicken sausages for breakfast, and I'm like, where the fuck did they all go? I come home and I'm drunk, and I'm just like, what do I want to eat out of this refrigerator? There's right now? nothing in the fridge. There's <laughs> so much food, but there's nothing in there. Yeah, I know, it's, right. It's literally it's filled. Like, like, it's filled, but there's nothing. There's there. nothing, t- and everything's expired. All chicken yes. sausage. Yes. It's <laughs> only chicken sausage and the morning star breakfast patties. Yeah, that's it. That's but the is. best the best part and about this cream. whole situation is I had never met Gabby's um, mom or stepdad and had stayed in their house maybe like four or five times before I ever actually met them in person. 
Yeah, because you, you always missed them. Yeah, I always missed them. Our parents travel a lot. And I'm in LA for work a lot, so I just like pop in and I'd like write a little happy note. Good morning, guys. And Stephen would be like, here's coffee for you, sweetheart. Aww. And just like drop things off. So, so cute. And actually, that's an interesting point. When I first spent my evening having dinner with them, that was that was a beyond inspirational evening. They're amazing. The, to, to hear their love story is so interesting and dynamic and like, you almost think that it's not real. Yeah, it's oh, yeah. so And true. I was I was in a very dark place with a person that I've been in love with for a very long time. And when you grow up, nobody really explains to you like how rela- relationships work. Nobody explains taxes. Nobody explains relationships. Now, does everyone know chemistry? Probably. Do I? No. <laughs> <laughs> but like, so sitting and listening to them and like how relationships take so much work and effort and like, it's never easy. It never just like happens and is so like, hey, I fell in love. We're happy and we're this, we're this. And so like hearing how much they had to go through made me realize like relationships take so much time and so much effort and it may be fucked up for a long time. It may not. And just like you learn and if it's meant to be, it will work out. And if it's not, you let it go. And so like just, oh my God, love letters. Jesus, I cried so much. <laughs> I know they're like hopeless romantic right here. Hello. Yeah, they're like my role model goals when yeah. it comes to relationships. Yeah. We're so lucky. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't. I don't know. It's just I like what you said there. It, I I think about this a lot. Like the very Hollywoody fairy tale notion that you're supposed to be <laughs> like like and yes, of course that those moments happen yeah. and a day mm-hmm. and they happen throughout. Mm-hmm. But the the notion that and the expectation that it is lasting and it is the only emotion that you should feel so when you feel bad you're like oh so this is not working okay all right great Mm -hmm. next i want to feel good again that's not the way we should be portraying love and at all at all and it's so sad yeah it's really sad and i think about this all the time it's just like mine is gabby and adam because they're never (laughs) they're just perfect no we we have our we have our tribulations (laughs) no but and like that's what makes a healthy relationship like i don't get people that say that they never fight with their significant no. how can you be with somebody you never fight with and i know that sounds fucked up but it's still no like, you're no. Not fighting, no, no do you not care yeah, yeah. you have their, you I get into fights yeah. fights are one of the backbones of relationships yeah. like it's just what happens well you grow together you and then you get over mm-hmm. it it's relationship is all about how you get over the adversity that's yeah. what mm-hmm. creates a lasting relationship the way you handle adversity mm-hmm. together the way you communicate how you react how you react to the how other you person. Add react yeah how you react to certain situations mm-hmm. and, and your patience and and your just you're just started learning those three yeah. things yeah. And, you have, and, and you have to be willing to grow <laughs> Yeah, yes. of course. No, you, you're not you can't be to grow as you, well. Yeah, you cannot yeah. be stubborn. You cannot be, you know, if your partner tells you this is something that bothers you them, have to change it. you have like yeah, it, it, uh, unless it goes against your values, but it never does. It never like does. it usually is something that you're just a little stubborn, <laughs> and you know what, like. Just stubborn me? What? Confused. (laughs) Just like (laughs) relieving some of that. And that's what I've learned in my current relationship is it's just like there's those moments and and you'll come across and you come across them all the time and you'll and you'll be like, oh, wait, this is a moment where I can prove to them that, oh, I don't have to react this certain way. Oh, and you're like, oh, great. And it's just opportunity after opportunity and chance after chance to grow and be better. 
Well, okay, I, I love that. Very well said. I think another really interesting point of just like growing up and learning about relationships and all this stuff is like we were so put in a box of like this is how a relationship is mm-hmm. and if it's different ooh, you're a little weird mm-hmm. and like I was in a very normal happy perfect relationship in college with one of the sweetest nicest guys and I realized that I don't thrive in that situation mm-hmm. I thrive in somebody that is going to shove me off a cliff and say fly you don't fly too bad that's on you you got to do it yourself yeah and so I've tried dating these guys that fill a perfect quota of like what society wants me to do mm-hmm. last about three weeks and I'm just like huh dead inside right now let's move on and try another one and so the artwork also is influenced just so much by my romantic relationships as well mm-hmm. like it really like you can tell when I'm in a good one mm-hmm. because it's just like 100 paintings in a week mm-hmm. like no question I mean um there was a point to this story damn it it was important i mean i love that but do you want to know what i love about you and that stuff is that when it's good it also inspires you because i feel like a lot of artists get stuck in the in with the good stuff at least that's how i am a little bit um so i love that that's an aspect of that you thrive in wait you're saying you're saying artists get stuck in the good stuff i feel like they get stuck in the bad stuff no i mean like they get stuck creatively oh oh i see i got it. i don't know if i've ever been stuck I've definitely texted you and been like, am I losing it or am I just doing really shitty artwork right now? Mm. And you're like, what? I love that last one. I was like, really? That's horrible. Mm. And like you put me back in check because like especially being an artist, it is your for me. It's my entire soul on something. Mm. So when it's not loved, Mm. I can appreciate when somebody doesn't like it because it's not their taste. But if somebody actually starts shit talking it, I'm just like, it's you. I'm like, were guys, we at, were we at an event together where someone was shit talking your art to me? No, right next to you, and they didn't know that you were the artist. Holy crap! That oh, happens on a daily basis. I think they basis. did it to Adam. I think they did it yes. to Adam, and then Adam like turned around and totally interjected. That happens on a daily basis. Like I will be around artwork, and uh, I just did Kaboo recently, and if. Turns out mirrors are a really good selfie. What is it called? Selfie? Opportunity. Pictures for yourself. I don't know. One of those for like Instagram. A mirror selfie? Yes. She had these broken. (laughs) I am not an adult. Broken, shattered (laughs) mirrors, and people were taking selfies in them. But so they would walk walk by, and they would be like, oh my God, this person must be so miserable inside. Like, this is this is demented and i'm sitting back there like, with one of my friends just like giggling around drinking rosé and i'm like Haha, little do they know i'm so happy and oh i painted that God. 18 foot painting by six foot with 102 degree fever so say what you will but it's really interesting listening to the reactions because they mm. all think i'm a miserable person which okay i take that back deep down inside there is a big box of miserable in there but it also is from childhood and growing mm, up and that yeah. will always be with me and that's actually what has created me to be this person mm-hmm. and I'm also the person that you know how people are like get over it be happy you've gone through it like if like something bad happens I am not that person I am like yeah me either I've got to work through this if it takes me a year to work through it that's my thing don't push me to like get through it any quicker and so that that miserableness I don't think is a bad thing. I think people take sadness and grief and like being hurt in such a bad light, but you learn so much about yourself going through those things Mm -hmm. that you grow and you become an adult and Mm -hmm. you become like 
so much more in tuned with yourself and your emotions that the next time something happens going like, I'm going to cry for three days. Ooh, better drink a lot of water. My eyes are going to be puffy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No. And you know, yeah, you know the way you're going to react. Talk about, like you you mentioned, like that stereotype of the artist being like this, like ever suffering, always miserable. Like, how do you combat that? How do how do you channel that? But then also, how do you break that? Because that's not fair. I think it's they they put a negative connotation on the miserable artist because artists choose to be miserable sometimes. Yes, it, it, it's what we do. Like yeah. it's like I can be smiling and happy and then cry for nineteen hours because I just want to have that emotion and I want to feel that. So. I also have the crazy psycho artist that just runs around rampant that doesn't do anything. So I have that <laughs> reputation as well. But I think like you just, at a certain point in time, you just need to say fuck it to everyone else because there's no way of changing their minds. Mm-hmm. Like I'm still the girl that walks around dogs and drinks coffee because people that don't follow me on Instagram or don't see how much work I do, that's all they see. Mm-hmm. They don't see that I work from nine o'clock at night till three in the morning drawing and singing so poorly, my poor neighbor. I know I'm sending him presents next week I texted him at like two in the morning I was like I know I've had this song on repeat for two hours (laughs) and I know my shrill voice is getting worse and I'm so sorry he's like oh sweetie do you need some tequila (laughs) I don't know I think it's just like you kind of have to let it go just like there's that super cool underground graffiti artist that's Mm. just like taking over the world by storm I don't I wish I had that reputation because I'd probably do way better because I'm just this little random girl <laughs> that like, they're like, yeah, daddy pays for everything. I'm like, actually, he doesn't. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I work my ass off. So it's like, you just have to let go of all that. Because mm-hmm. every single person is going to have a bad reputation in some way, shape, or form. Right. You can either let it eat at you, or as Gabby said, own it. Yeah. Do exalt. Stick your face all over San Diego. Blow yeah. it up 20 feet tall, which I did. <laughs> I mean, it's just you did. It. Oh, I love that mural. <laughs> she did the most amazing mural in North Park, and it was her face, and it was all these lines. Ooh. It was like this really pretty dusty pink. The Russian love letter. Dun dun dun. Ooh, uh, I want to see this. Oh yeah, I'll take you next you time. You ever seen in it? Town. It's fucking it. massive. Oh my god. Yeah. It's really I cool. It. I want to see it. Um, okay, wait. So that's kind of good segue. I want to talk about the business side. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because I mean, you've been you ha- you say you're like some random girl what no but you've been successful you yeah. have you have a business you have a business so it's like how do you how does that function how did you get into galleries what's the what's the like business plan quote unquote like what's your goal well um when i got out of college my parents had this whole deal we will pay for you to go to college because we couldn't afford to go to college we had to get full ride scholarships so that was their deal they're like you are going to college mm-hmm. you are getting a degree Thank God they accidentally sent me one because <laughs> I did not apply. Um, uh, got out of college and didn't have a job. My parents were like, cool, you only have m- money from modeling. That's not going to take you more than a month max. You don't have an apartment. So what are you going to do? And so I actually ended up taking over my mother's property management company. I think we had 120 apartments at that time. And uh, that was a whole lot of reading and writing. So let's just say I cried a lot. <laughs> And uh, I did that on and off, uh, probably for sure, two and a half years straight, and then kind of on and off for the next two years while I like transitioned into art. Mm. And I got a business degree from my dad. I learned how to take emotion out of it and run mm-hmm. somebody else's company. 
And if I hadn't have done that, I wouldn't be making shit. I would not know how to deal with people. Mm-hmm. I would not understand money as well. And like he really, that it, I really disliked that time of my life because I was not doing what I wanted to be doing. Mm-hmm. But it also made the backbone of my business so much better. Mm-hmm. And I didn't spend a penny when I was working for them. I worked all the time. I went to New York that one time when me and Gabby met. Other than that, I didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. So I saved so much money for when I actually quit. I put on my own show with 44 pieces. I think I ended up selling almost 40 pieces that night. Wow. By myself because I was like, fuck, no gallery is going to take me. I have yeah. no like lineage. Like I don't have a background. Yes, I have a, a name and like a something else, but mm-hmm. like nothing to really like take me. Right. And so from that, moving forward, I kind of was just like, fuck, why do I need a gallery? I know all of these architects. I know all these interior designers. Mm-hmm. I was raised right. with these people. Like, I'm going to sit. And I think this was the second month I'd really kind of quit. And I started asking all of these adults. 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 <laughs> Still not an adult. Yeah. Um, any, anyone that was in the design profession kind of like over the age of 40. I went to two lunches a week or dinners mm. with older people and people that had companies or people that had this. And I was like, tell me everything because I can't go read a book. So I need to ask you all these questions. Mm. And the general consensus was you love it enough. You'll be fine. It's going to suck. You are going to hate it for the first couple of <laughs> years. You will not have nice things. Yeah. And you're, it's going to be a big change. And mm. I mean, to tell you the truth, it was a huge change. Mm-hmm. But thank God I had such an amazing support team of people that had always wanted artwork from me that I would give as presents. And they're like, stop giving these out. Mm. Start selling them. Right. And then I got picked up by a gallery in um, L.A. literally a, a month after my first solo show and created 40 more pieces. Sold wow. half of that. And then this um, Chinese woman was a store up on Camden Drive, saw my work as well and was like, I want this. And I'm like, you're a Chinese billionaire and you're hiring this little crazy girl. And so I did a 60 foot by um, five foot um, stainless steel piece on her ceiling. She bought half the gallery. So it's just like I have been extremely fortunate in that I did have those connections Mm -hmm. and I was able to do that and then work with the Ondas and like Gensler and a couple other companies just because of growing up with these people. Mm -hmm. But um, a weird thing is, and I talked to Gabby scout about this all the time is that even though I, I have accomplished a lot for how young I am and how quickly I started, I still feel like I haven't done enough. Mm -hmm. I feel like, there is a level where I should be doing something so much more substantial. And like this, how I was talking about meaningful, like I've always wanted to work with dyslexic kids. I've always wanted to work with orphans that like mm-hmm. felt empty and felt like they didn't have something because art's not important as much anymore. And I think that when you're a child, it's like it gives you an outlet to deal with things that you don't have to do it on anybody else's level. Mm-hmm. And so, like, moving forward business-wise, um, I'm going to start working with a lot more nonprofits and donating artwork and trying to, like, do stuff with children and stuff like that. But business-wise, fuck, it's always going to be hard. Yeah. I mean, wow. It's a lot. So many thoughts. Yeah. One, so it's, like, thoughts. the grit. And you also get, like, what, four paychecks a year? They're massive paychecks. Yeah. But you only get four, so no, you never yeah. know when they're coming. Yeah. That's, <laughs> oh, really that's so anxiety-ridden. Yeah. I, I could not, I could yeah. not do that. Um, no, but the grit that you had to have 
obviously the networking capabilities yeah. like even though you had the network at your disposal there is another level of you actually fostering those relationships and people yeah. building trust in well, you I like that's, that's incredible that's where i'm also way better smart. with adults no wait, that's where that's where like <laughs> nowhere in between <laughs> that's where it shows how smart you are because i don't think you give yourself enough credit on the business side like you're you're very business savvy yeah and i it's hard when you have your emotions in the business yeah that's, yeah. that's hard difficult. that's yeah hard. you need to separate that and it's hard because it's it's you're it's selling me. you I you're am, literally selling you i am my <laughs> boss i am my employee and so when shit doesn't work i it's have you nobody else to yeah. go and complain to Except for Gabby and <laughs> such. Yeah, it is. But also um, what you said about not feeling like you're reaching your potential. Like that's something. Or like we, that you have we relate more. relate to a lot. We've talked about this. Mess. We've talked about this so many times. We it's always something feel as if I suffer from. It's like the number one thing in yeah. my life that I think about. Every, every waking moment, I'm just like. I need to be doing more. I should be doing more. It also doesn't help that social media has created all of these false identities and people that are just like, no, you probably have a studio that you live with four other people and you're just making it seem like you're this person and you've accomplished so much, but like you haven't. And it's like that tiny group, which I think is positive in a way that people are Are motivated to push, but it also kind of like it's crippling. It's hard. It's really hard. And, but I like that you like for me, I I like don't really have a direction to <laughs> place that in yet. Like you. What about this podcast? Okay, of course. I'm just saying. I wish you could see Scout's oh eyes God. right now. She's like, what? I'm rolling my eyes. Majorly. Okay, just listen. <laughs> but what I what I but what I liked about what you said is that you have this passion. Mm-hmm. Obviously, this like drive. That is one and thing this, I have been very fortunate to have. Yes, is I've always had the same one. Yeah, like literally, it's just like it's your life. It's your blood. Fat and puppies. Um, the f- fact that in order to get you to that next level, to reach your p- quote unquote potential is to work with those kids and yeah. to do that nonprofit route. So it's, it's like a layering on of something you're already so good at that you can then give back to in yeah. another way, which I really love. Yeah. I love that too. Can I also just make a comment? Yes. So the foster sisters I'm obsessed with. <laughs> Scout doesn't know who the I'm foster gonna, sisters I'm gonna, are. I'm going to Google them they right are now. They are the two Aaron and Sarah funniest foster. girls I have ever. And I don't even watch much of like that television. Yeah. But they came out with a scripted show where they're like making fun of reality television. Yeah. It is, they are. It was amazing. Phenomenal. I'm Googling and they're them very right now. similar to these two over here, but these are brunette Jews. So it's like the We're perfect. The ju- <laughs> okay. You heard it here first. No. Austin said it. We are the Jewish brunette foster sisters. Yes, because your personalities are also both like them. I know. I'm Aaron. For <laughs> sure. Sarah. Yeah. I'm just going to say I'm Aaron. Wait, the- I don't recognize these girls at oh, all. Scout. Okay, well, we'll call, you have to. This is not a good photo. You'll. I'll show you on Instagram. Oh God, I'll show you on Instagram. Absolutely stunning. I'll show you on Instagram. Okay, you'll, on you'll, Instagram. You'll know. You'll know. They're I need to know so about them? silly. Yes. To tell you the truth, they're just the most funny. They're, they're coming out so with like silly. a series or something, like an actual like written show. And they're thing. so badass. Yeah. I saw. I, I actually saw Aaron. They speak. make fun of themselves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like okay, they're really it. good. Oh, they're at it. super self deprecating. They're yeah. hilarious. Aaron is just like, like I it's, mean, they're it's, fucking gorgeous. You see, yeah. it, but they like think they're like they're just like oh yeah, just roll it up. I don't know what. 
And yeah. you're the you're Sarah for yeah. sure. The common collective. One. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And she always looks at her sister, just like God. Can you just shut? Up yeah, it once? is. Yeah. <laughs> oh that God. is literally what I tell Maddie on a daily basis. I, know. That I can't is believe us I just put that together. I know. Wow. <laughs> I never. I mean, I would you're never so put myself happy. on their playing level, but like, ooh. Okay, I'm gonna that. learn all about these sisters. They're good. They're good. Okay. Okay. I this think was such a good conversation. Oh, I loved it. Dun, I feel dun, so warm dun. and cozy. Me too. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, just like a couple panic attacks five minutes before the <laughs> I know, microphone. She was pretty nervous. <laughs> I'm very nervous. No, no you did amazing. You you did great. Oh wait, so let everyone know where they can find you. How so? Like on oh. Instagram. <laughs> Like, Come on, girls. I'm Self-promote. Like, Wait a second. Where, though? <laughs> uh, Give them your address be, yeah. and your phone number. So my studio is in North Park uh, in what we call the Bad Cave. Ooh. It's at 3000 Upis, right in that big modern building. My Instagram is A-U-S-T-E-N Siegel, S-E-G-A-L. What else am I meant to Your do? website? Website. Website is Austin Siegel. Art.com. Art. Oh, dear God. <laughs> she just looked at me like, Help. Dear God. <laughs> and then, like, are it, like, where can people see your art? Is it in a gallery right so now? Or? As of right now, actually, to close this off, I am pretty intense. And uh, there is a Blick in Little Italy. And I grew up in Little Italy, like three, oh. two or three blocks away. And that was actually the original Dick Blick. And so I know the people that are in the building because my dad's in architecture and all that mm. and i kind of said i was like hey i'm either gonna tag your whole building with uh 20 foot versions of my face the russian that i did or oh can God. i just have that other wall to start out with so that i don't get arrested and he said yes uh yeah wait okay first of all <laughs> hold the fuck up real i quick. have to get it approved you didn't even mention this to no me? i got because i've just been working on it today and i'm very nervous because they're like we need it to have to do with italy so i'm like no, I don't know. I was like, no, let me just plaster my face so I can stare at my dad's building, which is right across the street, and With my non ex ex non boyfriend's restaurant that is kitty corner to it. Oh yikes! Isn't that amazing? If I had twenty, this foot was pictures our plan. Of my face. You I and I went to lunch yeah. at the patio on Goldfinch, uh-huh. and we were having a mental breakdown. Standard. And once a month. And then we were like, you're going to plaster your yeah. face all over Little Italy. Yeah. So I definitely got the mural on the opposite side that they're allowing me to do, but. Thank God no people that own this building will ever listen to this podcast because they're too old. (laughs) um, um, I did send a text. I was like, Jonathan gave me a one get out of jail free card. So I will definitely be tagging my face on the side that it's looking towards my dad's building. Yeah. My dad was like, you better. So I'm just going to do it in the middle of the night with like 25 people. Amazing. Yep. But you got to be able to be prepared to get arrested because it's very I'm I'm into it. Perfect. I've never (laughs) been to jail before. My 18th birthday. As long as I like, get to share a cell with you. You're, you're not d- getting out. <laughs> you're not getting out. <laughs> okay, guys, you want to tell everyone where they can find you? Yes, you can find me at Maddie Mayo. You can find me at Scout Sobel, <laughs> and you can find OKSIS okay at OKSIS okay Podcast. We're the sisters. Yeah, we are. We're what? We're the sisters. Yeah. OKSIS. Okay oh, yeah. I'm just reaffirming what Oh, reaffirming. Austin said. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> Great. We're okay, the sisters. bye, sisters. Bye. Bye. 
Hey there, I'm Dr. Tracy Dalglish, clinical psychologist and couples therapist. If there's one thing I know from both my personal and clinical experience, it's that we are really good at comparing ourselves to others. We tend to get stuck in the unhelpful narratives that play on repeat in our minds, and we struggle to set boundaries and create healthy love. Each week, I bring you clinical knowledge and evidence-based research, experiences of sitting in the therapist chair, and being a wife, mother, and business owner to talk about everyday issues we all face to help you change the dialogue in your life. Tune in every Thursday to I'm Not Your Shrink wherever you listen to podcasts. While I'm not your shrink, I am still human and I'm excited for us to be in our vulnerability and humanness together. 